was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. You stupid monkey. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the best. It was the best. It was the best of times. It was the worst. Okay, damn, dude. Yeah, I felt bad. I'm like, I know. Doug usually, because we usually talk um, basketball and stuff, and he's usually gone by like 1 p.m., mm-hmm. 2 p.m. my time, because he's like, oh, it's really late now. And so it's like 3.30 for you. Yeah. Hey. It's uh, <laughs> it's one thirty right now, so it's not too bad. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know what's really cool is I've actually started re-watching The Simpsons after uh, your, your podcast, and I was like, I, because when you told me the color yellow one, I couldn't remember mm-hmm. it, and then I watched it just prep and then it kind of came back to me so i've only seen it once yeah i you know i i actually started watching all of the new episodes uh by the way we're recording already uh oh are we yeah yeah i wanted to make sure (laughs) that i was able to record the skype call and me talking at the same time so i was like oh Oh, okay um but yeah full disclosure you're on the record now i uh but yeah so i i had never I had watched a bunch of the newer episodes and, uh, but like doing this podcast, strangely, the ones that I've assigned to other people, uh, that we're going to talk about, I've not actually seen those. So I don't know. I I guess there must've been this Mm -hmm. gap where I just didn't see, but a lot of times I'll just put them on when I'm like cleaning the house or something like that. So I'm not like fully paying attention. So it's possible subconsciously I've watched this episode. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like the the title because I never I never really remember the titles that much except for like the really um, right, memorable right. episodes. So the title when you told me, I was like, ah, season twenty one, because like my upbringing for the Simpsons, like I guess I should give a background for Australian yeah. Australian people. Also, so, real quick, uh, let me introduce you to the uh, podcast. Since we're already oh, recording, okay. we're essentially starting. Uh, how, how do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Trenary. Trenary. I didn't know if it was Trenary, yeah. but like growing up in New Orleans, I was like, it might be Trenary. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I'm Frenchifying everything. Uh, but Bradley, uh, Trenary, uh, do you, do you prefer yeah. Brad or Bradley? Um, I think I'm used to Brad. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time I have, I have different nicknames. I don't actually get called Bradley or Brad that much. <laughs> so it's usually growing up. It was Treno. Okay. Um, so all my friends, that we explains were, your Skype username. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I am Treno. So mm-hmm. even now, even my friend's parents, I'm still Treno, even though I'm like 35 years old. I'm mm-hmm. still Treno. <laughs> um, like, and then my family's just had nicknames for me as well. And like, my sisters call me Dog for the most part because I used to bark, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, and then living in Japan, of course, like my um. My uh, name in Japan is for most of the time it's just broccoli because Bradley is kind of hard to pronounce for a Japanese <laughs> person, so it's just broccoli. Oh, that's funny. So, is it similar yeah. to like if uh, like phonetically like uh, like because right because so I I don't know Japanese, but uh, the you know everything's like two syllables, right? So it's like two characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So is it that the characters are similar to the word for broccoli or? Well. I think it's because um, the L and R in um, phonetics in the uh, Kana, there isn't actually a different um, phonetic symbol for that. So L and R are often just used in, in instead of each other. Okay. So 
like La is Ra and Lee Re. So um, Brad or Lee is like it's a lot of like there's there's an R sound and then there's an L sound, but I can't. It's harder to pronounce that, I guess. Yeah. And then um, I think my vice principal was having trouble when he was introducing me in my first year in Japan, and he couldn't say the Bradley. He's like Bradley the because the last sounds hard for them to pronounce. Yeah. And he just goes, "Oh, broccoli." <laughs> and and then the staff laughed, and I kind of did a humble, oh, not a humble, but I was like, oh, laughing along. Yeah, that's yeah. that's funny. And then they're just stuck. And <laughs> that, yeah, it's just much easier. That's so funny with nicknames the way it is. Is that like the moment one person says it, it's like, well, no, mm. that's it forever. Uh, yeah. So, I, so, uh, yeah. So, some background on you. Uh, you're originally from Australia, uh, yeah. and you live in Japan now. Uh, yep. Uh, 13 years in Japan now. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, it, it, I basically, um, went, went to college, graduated from college and then did a bit of, uh, teaching cause I'm an elementary teacher mm-hmm. and then I supply for jobs overseas and, um, like four months into graduating from college, I got the job here and then said, I'll do one year in Japan and then I'll be out. <laughs> and that one year turned and, into 13 yeah yeah and uh yeah along the way i met some really cool people so our mutual friend doug yes, one of my yeah. best friends so that's uh someone i met in japan and had i done my one year i probably wouldn't be talking to you right now <laughs> so yeah it's kind of how i look at things yeah that's Things change. Things that's change. super interesting because like i not only have i never visited outside of the states uh, I've also mm. never lived anywhere outside of New Orleans. So, like, the idea wow. that you're from Australia and live in Japan now and, like, have been to the States probably dozens of times, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, you are so much more well-traveled than I am. It's it's kind of an ongoing joke now with my American friends because I've actually been to, like, 29 states in America now. Oh, wow. That's more than I've been to, and <laughs> I've lived in this country for 35 years. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people tell me, like, what I, I kind of, when I go and visit, I try and make it a thing to go to a different state. Yeah. So now I've gone to all the interesting ones. I've got, like, my North, South Dakotas and... Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> and, the interesting ones, North and South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, they're the ones I haven't gone yet, so that's, that's the problem now. I'm going to have to do... I've knocked out all the, like, fun states, I guess, and now I've got the Iowa and, uh, yeah... I'm not looking forward to that, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I have not done much of the Midwest. All I've done is I went to Chicago at the end of mm-hmm. 2017, uh, stayed with a buddy of mine from high school, and uh, just did a bunch of comedy shows out there, ate a bunch of food, drank a bunch of drinks. It was. It, I feel like Chicago is one of those cities that if mm-hmm. I ever had to move out of New Orleans, it would be the easiest for me to assimilate in there because there's the architecture similar uh the yeah. food and drink culture is somewhat similar uh the uh you know it's and then they've got that same kind of thing that the south does that like midwestern friendliness where it's like mm-hmm. it's not real friendliness but like you know it's that put on friendliness of like oh bless your heart <laughs> you know it's very much like that yeah no i i've been like yeah full time i think to chicago and i've it's one of my favorite places so mm-hmm. that i go and visit it's um has its own vibe. It's very different from anywhere else in yeah. the states I've yeah. found. Well, full disclosure, like New Orleans is and probably will always be my favorite place to visit in the states. I've always loved going down there. Yeah. I actually, um, maybe a couple of years ago, 
um, some a couple of Australian idiots went down in New Orleans, and I think they were looking for some drugs, and they got mm-hmm. shot. Oh, and then nice. it, it made the it, yeah, it made the press in Australia. Actually, that sounds it, vaguely familiar. Yeah. Was it in the French Quarter when it happened? I, I'm pretty sure it was in the French Quarter. Yeah, that, I vaguely and, remember that. Yeah, and then on the news in Australia, of course, they were like, "How dangerous is New Orleans in America?" Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I was really like pissed off about it. So I was saying, "These idiots went down there looking for drugs. Right. What did they expect? It's not New Orleans that's a problem. It's these right. two because they came out as like these two innocent little guys were just trying to have fun, and look what happened. They got shot because it's America because New Orleans is dangerous. And mm-hmm. I, I've been there like maybe eight times now. And I've had a great time and we've gone out and done like gone the French. There's nothing, there's nothing that I feel like, Oh, uncomfortable that any other city I've been to. Yeah. And they're like making it, Australia would like making it out to be, Oh my God, New Orleans is just run with crime and <laughs> rampant yeah. with, like criminals shooting people. Like, no, these guys went looking for drugs mm-hmm. and, and that's, and they and that's literally anywhere. were like at- anywhere. If you yeah. go look for drugs and the deal doesn't go great, like that's every single city in the world. Like that's not <laughs> specific to us at all. Yeah. And then they're also being tourists and flashing money around. So mm-hmm. really yeah. like probably and- intoxicated already. Yeah. And it was just really uh, interesting. Cause not to victim my- blame, but it is, yeah. you know, you got to make some smart moves if you're going to be uh, buying drugs from strangers. Right, right. You're flashing money around. You are clearly a tourist, not knowing. And they were like going down like dark alleyways, not knowing where they're going. And I, and so, of course, trouble will find you. And then mm-hmm. how the Australian press like dealt with it, they were like these poor kids and bad New Orleans and such a dangerous place. And they need to stop shooting the gun control. And I'm like, that's not the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair nationwide gun control for sure is a thing that we should be doing that we should definitely yeah. be taking a page out yeah. of y'all's book on that but uh yeah. it yeah. not that is not specific to this situation that's uh yeah right which is kind of interesting because we're talking about like we're going to talk about the simpsons episode mm-hmm. where it's kind of switched around <laughs> yeah no it definitely is yeah it's um so i guess yeah let's go ahead and dive into it uh so we can talk about my life you know what's that you can do a podcast about my life and yeah honestly like i'm 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 very (laughs) much just enjoying this and i'm sure we'll dive into a lot more of that uh because you know as i said i've never left the country before and how long is that flight by the way from australia to japan uh well yes but also from uh australia to uh the states america uh i'm pretty sure it's about 19 hours 19 20 hours it's not fun yeah i am (laughs) i have a huge fear of flying uh like like, yeah oh god yeah like flying like on the flight to chicago by myself i was just like white knuckling it like the whole time wow I just I I don't deal with it well at all. It, it for me it's kind of like a roller coaster. Like I'm Ooh. super nervous at the beginning and like during takeoff and landing I'm freaking out. But during the actual flight I'm usually fine unless we hit uh, turbulence and then I just start losing my mind. I'm like I wish somebody I knew was on this flight with me because I can't <laughs> I can't handle oh, this. Wow. Can I get uh, several of those tiny bottles of liquor? That would be great right now. <laughs> I'll spend a hundred dollars on three eight ounce bottles of liquor right now that would be amazing oh god uh i don't know if i should tell you that story of my first time on the plane because uh well it's actually my second time um 
my second time on the plane was when I got the job to come to Japan, mm-hmm. and um, the flight was basically going through a tropical like storm. I imagine. Oh lord! So the plane was like swaying from side to side. It was really heavy rain. Mm-mm. It was like lightning happening and a hell of a lot of turbulence. And that was like the second flight. My first flight was when I was a kid. So I don't really remember too much of it. And I was by myself cause I had like uh, won a competition. So I was by myself. So I wasn't really mm-hmm. thinking about much of except like I'm by myself and I'm 10 years old. Um, but this one I was like, you know, 22 and <laughs> I've seen all the plane movies and then yeah, it's yeah. always like storm, a huge storm. And the, pilot was swaying trying to go and you can i'm looking out the window i can see the landing strip and it's kind of going left to right i'm like oh geez what's going on here is this what planes are like and yeah. uh yeah and so that was kind of yeah eye-opening for me as I, a first time flight oof yeah that's there's no way i mean even today like i uh i went to the mall just to kill time i had nothing to do today so i, I was just killing time in the mall and uh, i went to macy's and uh, I was on the second floor, and I was like, "Oh, I have to go to the restroom. I'm going to go to the third floor because I—that's—it's it, a hot tip if you're ever in the mall in 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 uh, in Metairie at Lakeside. Uh, yeah. The third floor bathroom for Macy's is the best place to go because there's never anyone in there, and it's the cleanest yeah. bathroom. It's great. You have, <laughs> it's like having your own private public bathroom. And for uh, me, yeah. with weird social anxieties, it's like, uh, it was like finding a treasure. It's amazing. So I was like, all right, I'll go to the third floor, go to the bathroom. And the escalator going up to the third floor uh, was, you know, quote unquote, broken. Uh, so you just had to walk it uh, walk up it like stairs. And I got like halfway up it and I just started having crazy vertigo because like it's wide open around the sides of it. So I can see all the way down to the first floor. I'm like between second and third floor. And like I almost like just wanted to just like curl up in a ball halfway up the stairs and close my eyes and hope somebody would just (laughs) carry me up the rest of the way. And so I finally made it up there. My heart was racing. I was like exhausted. I was like, oh, my God, that was horrible. Went to the bathroom. And I was like, "All right, gonna go back down to the second floor." And the down escalator was also broken. I was like, "I gotta go find the elevator." I know they have to legally. They have to have an elevator. Not everyone can walk up an escalator, or you know, for wheelchairs and stuff. I was like, "There's got to be an oh, elevator." Yeah, that's true. So I found the elevator and I took that. And I was like, "This is amazing. This is so much better than me uh, putting myself through that nonsense all over again." So. Fly that that's an escalator, a broken escalator. <laughs> Essentially walking up a flight of stairs was oh, wow. stressful yeah. for me. So a flight yeah. nineteen hours, I don't know if I will ever go to Australia unless I can like <laughs> take something to make me pass out in the first like five minutes. I, I, yeah, I know a couple of people that have issues with flying and um they they take stuff and knock out mm-hmm. knock themselves out for the flight. I think um yeah, I had an ex that she she didn't like flying, so she like gripped my hand, and she probably could have pulled it off how hard she was gripping. Um, it's usually like like taking off is the scariest part, it seems, yeah. at least for her. Yeah, that's for um, me. like I said, takeoff and landing is like stressful, but like once we're, if we're steady, I'm fine because it just kind of becomes the new normal, you know. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's weird because I, I I don't like when you're in the middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. That always freaks oh, me gosh. out. That's the See, that's the yeah, one that, that freaks was... me out. 
<laughs> Which, I mean, I guess <laughs> if you really think about it, it's probably best case scenario for, I mean, although I can't swim, but uh, that's, so that's a whole other thing. Like, okay, if we crash, we might survive in the water because we're not just going to hit a mountain, but uh, I can't swim. So I hope to God that this, uh, well, this I mean, yeah, if you're looks. <laughs> Well, if you're in the Pacific Ocean, I don't care if you're old Michael Phelps. You're not going to be able to swim. <laughs> yeah, the that's land. true. There's nowhere you're really. The There's nowhere you're going. Yeah. So that's like thousands of kilometers of water. So, oh yeah, you're kind of buggered. So now now I've just scared myself into flying, so I'm never going to leave Japan. <laughs> well, you Jeez. just said thousands of kilometers, so that just sounds like a billion miles to me because I have no frame of reference on that because we are one of, what, three countries that have not switched over to the metric system? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a point of contention to all my uh, my American friends here when I, when they ask me for things, and I'm like, oh, it's like you know, half a K, half a K, half a kilogram. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, Oh God, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. 14.345 pounds. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I can't. And then it, yeah, I can't deal with you right now. And they're like, how far is it? I'm like, Oh, it's 10 K. And they went, Oh, I don't know what that means. I went, Oh, come on. <laughs> so I guess like, now that we've basically established that Australia is better than the States, <laughs> It's a great time to get into this episode. Yeah, different. Which completely paints Australia very differently. Um, to the episode, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I love that when I posted on Facebook that uh, I was going to do this podcast, uh, you were like, I would love to talk about Bart versus Australia. And <laughs> I'm so glad you, you agreed to do it because, like, first of all, it's a great episode. Uh, but it's mm. one of those things uh, that I have often wondered what Australians felt about the episode. And it's, yeah. to me, it's very similar to the Streetcar Named Marge episode, which you know obviously takes place in New Orleans. And then yeah. they actually had to apologize for that episode because so many people here were offended by the things that they said in the episode. They actually, like the next episode after that, uh, Homer the Heretic, the chalkboard gag in the intro was Bart writing, I will not defame New Orleans on the chalkboard because it had upset people so much that they had to issue an oh, apology wow. about it. It was like on the newspaper, front page of the oh, newspaper yeah. here, the Times-Picayune was about like the Simpsons defaming New Orleans. And so we did not take very well to it, which... It's a great episode, and I, as someone from I love here, it. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, it's so fun, and it's funny, and like, yeah, it does poke fun at you know some of the stereotypes of of the South and New Orleans in general. Uh, but uh, so similarly, I've always questioned whether Australians largely felt the episode was offensive, or if there was you know uh, kind of a hey, they're talking about us kind of uh, vibe, or if it's what I think is the case here that most people were not huge fans, but there are a few people, uh, I assume like yourself, since you want to talk about the episode, uh, that actually enjoyed it and appreciated it just as a fun goof. Uh, so, right. um, so very excited to talk to you about this. Um, so yeah, so I guess, yeah. How do you, how do you feel about the episode? Oh, um, I'm definitely the letter. I, mm. uh, I absolutely love the episode. I almost feel a little bit proud that, you know, an American show did something about my country because up until that point, you know, Australia is kind of, we're so isolated. Mm-hmm. And and I wouldn't say we're a joke to everyone, but, like, we don't get talked about a lot. Like, right. a lot of, how many movies 
uh, set in Australia. That Mad Max from, and like, Crocodile Ken. Dundee. <laughs> right. That Both I, of like, which are from, referenced like, in, this, in, in this episode oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. That's a lot. Um, I guess also I could probably start with like just the background of what the Simpsons mean or yeah. meant in Australia. Yeah, I, I would agree because I, I generally like to ask like uh, the guests like how, like how you got into the Simpsons and most people growing up in the States, like it's, it's a very similar thing. Like uh, it was just on TV, but I'm not familiar with like how American TV like comes over to the mm. States. So I don't know. Like, did you guys get it like at the same time that we did or was it years later or? Yeah. So it, it's really interesting. Um, it, like growing up from about mid nineties onwards, it's it, pretty much anyone my age around my age, my brother's a couple years older and my sister's mm-hmm. a couple years younger. Like the Simpsons was like a religion because what they did, like the, the network, what they did was really smart. Instead of having the news at 6 PM, like everyone else, mm-hmm. they would just tap into the market of like teens and young adults and put the Simpsons on at six o'clock and they'd move oh, wow. the news up at five. So they, their whole slogan for their news on that network was first at five. So you watch the news like at five and then the kids would watch the Simpsons at six. And so all the kids were watching the Simpsons at six o'clock on channel 10 as Mm -hmm. a shout out. And it was Monday to Friday. Um, And that happened for, I think they only stopped doing it. Maybe see, I haven't been in the country for a long time now, but I think maybe five years ago. So they had that run for maybe, almost 20 years of like the Simpsons at six o'clock. I could be wrong and they might have cut it earlier, mm-hmm. but they had the Simpsons at six o'clock and they would do like the earlier episodes. And obviously there'd be repeats and you'd see right, the right. same episode. And then when the new seasons would come in, they would put that on at seven thirty on a Wednesday. And so they'd have a new episode that had just come in from the States mm-hmm. and that would be on the Wednesday. And then they'd have the older episodes at six o'clock. So like all my friends, and this like is like grew up. like like first season type stuff, or this was like later on when it was like on a Wednesday. Um, with the six o'clock ones, I think they might have just started chronologically, but then they just started catching up because they were doing it every day, and then they just started doing random episodes of the first ten seasons at six o'clock. They mm-hmm. there wasn't really any order. They would advertise and then go, "Hey, it's the um Bart Punny one." And that's on. And then they, they would, it was really funny because they would like put trailers and advertise it, but they would like do it in a different way. So it almost felt like it was a new episode, even though you knew it wasn't. <laughs> right. Because they, they'd take a scene and go, oh my God, it's whacking day. And then like, I don't know, three years later, they'd go, um, Lisa's trying to save snakes. And so it's like, <laughs> wait, that's the same episode. So they would try and like trick people into thinking it's a new thing new episode but um yeah so that's like how i grew up and my brothers and sisters and a majority of my friends we would just watch the Sim- simpsons at six o'clock from mm-hmm. like monday to friday and so from i think i would say i'd seen the first you know six seasons every episode probably 10 times now maybe more um because we would just see it like growing up like my parents hated it and a lot i think a lot of parents did didn't like the fact that kids were watching the Simpsons and not yeah. the news or anything. My parents were pretty mixed about it. It was like, yeah, no, my, my dad was very hate, hate. <laughs> um, 
we tried. We tried a lot to like just watch this and not. Nah. He he'd see like a scene or something where Bart's like doing something to Principal Skinner, and he'd just go, "What is this trash? And what is this American American trash?" He would always call it and shake his head and leave the room. Because there was four of us, all, and we'd be like ganging up and going, "We want to watch The Simpsons." Right. And he's like, "Oh, I want to watch the news." And he'll grumble off and then go into his room and watch the news on <laughs> one of the on the other network or something. But uh, and mum, mum, mum wasn't really a huge fan. I don't think she understood like uh, much of the humor because there's a lot of pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, "I don't get any of these jokes." And she just yeah, kind of I, I, actually, that's a that's a pretty good point, bro. So like. Uh, I guess growing up, I mean, I'm, I feel like now because of like the internet and stuff like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, everything's universal. Everything is global now. There's, you know, mm-hmm. there's not really like, uh, any pop culture, uh, stuck in any one place anymore, but I guess mm-hmm. like, yeah, in the early nineties, mid nineties, like, uh, access to, I mean, I, I don't know like how, like media from the States came over there. So obviously, and then also like there's a lot of references to like U S history and Mm. politicians and celebrities in the U S and stuff like that. So how did that, uh, you know, I guess I don't want to say translate because you guys speak English also, but, uh, (laughs) but culturally, like how did that translate? Um, I guess I've always been interested in America regardless. So I kind of, as I got older, I got way more references. So when I was maybe 12 or like 13, there'd be jokes that they'd talk about like Bob Dole or something. And Mm -hmm. I would laugh because Homer does something funny, but I don't know. I would be like, who's the other guy. And as I got older, I kind of learned all these references and callbacks they were doing and like Richard Nixon stuff. I knew, I knew that ahead of time. Right. But because everyone outside of the U S knows U S history. Uh, but (laughs) people in the U S don't know anyone else's history. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly uh yeah it, i think i learned a lot of my american history through the simpsons it's always awesome. uh yeah like my friends always uh american friends go you really know way more about america than i do and i'm like yeah i, don't, I just i think it's a lot of it has to do with just growing up with the simpsons and <laughs> having that being taught to me and things like gaudy how and mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it, it's uh yeah and i think it it's almost was a teaching tool, I think, for a lot of Australians as well, because we could get an insight into how America works since it's like a satire and sending it up. Right, right. So we could kind of laugh at like how stupid America is at, at times. <laughs> and I think when coming back to the episode, I think that's where it hit a sore stop spot for a lot of Australians was then America was sending up our own country and it was kind of okay to laugh at America, but... Now they're laughing at us, and that's not okay. Right, yeah. And, when they were poking fun at themselves, basically, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, I see what you're doing. But then it's like, whoa, whoa, wait, why are you coming for us now? Yeah. Yeah, because um, um, Harry, Harry Shearer came on uh, a talk show in Australia because mm-hmm. he was friends with, like, um, uh, this Australian movie called The Dish. Um, it was about... Uh, the satellites with the moon and they had to use Australia as one of the points. Okay. And um, I think Harry Shearer was in it. And so he was friends with the directors and writers of that movie and they had a talk show and he came on and for about 75% of the talk show was them just 
grilling Harry Shearer about the Australian episodes of The <laughs> Simpsons. And he kind of was like, look, I'm not a writer on the show. I, I do the voices. Right, yeah. And he was basically just like, it's a joke. Like, we're, we're sending it up. We don't actually think this is what Australia is like. And can you understand that? And then the, the talk show, the host and stuff would go, but you, why would you like, why would you say that we, we, our prime minister would be just sitting in a tube drinking a Foster's? That's not <laughs> yeah. what, like, and you know, Harry had to go like, no, it's a, it's a joke. We're, we're, we're sending it up how like casual Australia is. We're not meaning any like disrespect or harm to it. And, um, he, I mean, he handled it pretty well, mm-hmm. but you could see that like, they were pretty upset about how we were depicted. Um, and we had like there was well, especially because like uh, you guys like there was no, it was all just regular voice actors doing the accent. So it was mm. they didn't get like yeah. an actual Australian voice actor yeah. or somebody who could do at least a passable accent. Like the accents are very terrible for Tobias and his father. Yeah, that's yeah Hank Azaria. I'm pretty sure that was Hank. Yeah, Zaria. yeah. Um, yeah. The, that was when I when I rewatched it. That was one of the first things I grabbed was like, he's doing it like a South African voice. Mm. Like <laughs> he's mm-hmm. really over exaggerating some of the tones. Um, I mean, it's for comedic effect, sure. I, I guess and um, whatnot. But yeah, that was one of the most jarring things after rewatching that. And I haven't seen The Simpsons for a long time. I'm just kind of I have them on my um, hard drive and mm. things and I'll occasionally put them on, but I hadn't seen that episode for a long, long time. So when I put it on and I was like, Oh my God, the accent, that was like the first thing yeah. I, I kind of like, yeah, I didn't remember it being <laughs> Hank Azaria. And, uh, when I rewatched it tonight, I was like, Oh man, I just, in my head, I heard that voice for years. It's just always been there. Like the $900 reduce. And like, I can hear that yeah. in my head, but I just <laughs> didn't put it together. I just always assumed they like hired a different voice actor, but we were watching. It, I was like, no, that's definitely Hank Azaria doing a very <laughs> bad Australian accent. <laughs> right. It was closet, uh, um, South African. Definitely. It, it was a mix of South, which actually come to think of it. Like, South African and an Australian accent isn't that dissimilar anyway. Mm-hmm. If, if I, I think a lot of the Australians British influence, I guess. Yeah. yeah, that actually going back to that dollary dues. I just remember there was a petition to try and change our currency to dollary dues. <laughs> had like ten thousand. I do remember fans. that. Yeah, that was like yeah, last year or two years ago, fans. something like that. Yeah, they were trying to change it to dollary dues, and <laughs> I think it worked. But yeah, I just remember the dollary dues. <laughs> dollary dues um, is just such a funny phrase. Like anytime I think about any large sum of money, like I always just call it dollary dues. Like that's just it's like three hundred dollary dues. That's just in my head. That's always like uh cemented as like something that is too expensive as dollary dues yeah i <laughs> i don't think i ever use dollary dues i uh i think i i remember maybe a couple of friends might have said it now and then but um yeah i, did, I definitely it's too much for me yeah. too, too too long of a word it's usually just bucks yeah but that's one of the things with the i think the simpsons missed in sending up Australia was that we shortened everything. We abbreviate everything. So like, um, I didn't, yeah, they didn't really say anything about that where, uh, they actually did the opposite where they just made everything really long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, Australians is like, um, you know, if someone's name is Christopher, it's Chriso and 
Robert is Robbo, and like we just shortened everything huh. now. Like afternoon is Arvo, and so so a yeah, of, a lot of O endings to words. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing we, I've we never noticed. That. I guess because yeah. most of my uh, introduction to Australian uh, culture is through American movies and television, so it's right. not accurate at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Um, I, I mean, if you watch Jim Jeffries, mm-hmm. I, yeah. he definitely exaggerates some of it. Like, um, he's done a show where we've chatted to him, and you can see that he's he's his stage persona is a little bit more Australian than what he actually is. But that's for part of his shtick is how right. Aussie he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually like we're just everything's got an O or an A at the end, and we blend words together. So it makes one word. So like, how are you going is how are you going? Okay. Stuff like that. So you, you even spell it like <laughs> one word. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, um, like the whole, I mean, and I assume this is a very much a made up thing by Americans, but the whole shrimp on a Barbie, like I, I, oh. I know that's not a thing that you guys actually say, right? That's, we've never said it. Yeah. I've never in a conversation like, where did that I, I i feel like i need to research this and find out where that started like oh i can movie, tell you oh you know okay that oh, yeah that would make sense that you know where how did that begin so uh crocodile dundee okay before yes. he was paul hogan before mm-hmm. he was crocodile dundee he did um australian tourism ad okay and because the thing was at that time in the late 80s he was like a bona fide star in Australia, and um, he was so charismatic. And the Australian government decided, like, let's let's capitalize on this, and because he had his like own like, um, well, I guess skit show, talk show, like a it was the Paul Hogan Hour, I think it was. Okay, and then he just had his own show, and so they asked him to do commercials for the Australia. And so he's basically doing things in Australia, and one of them was he's out there with like, you know, prawns on the, on the barbecue or shrimp, <laughs> and he's just like, come to Australia, put another shrimp on the barbie, and for whatever reason, that just resonated with America and oh, what? England. It's like it's like the everyone. nickname thing all over again. Somebody said it one time, and so it just yeah. stuck. Yeah, and like because it was a the, obviously an advertisement and commercial. Mm-hmm. For Australia to other countries, it wasn't really shown in Australia because what's the point? We live there. Right. They, need to, <laughs> they need to put it on TV to tell us to come visit the country. <laughs> so we didn't really know about it until it started gaining wind. And then I think some people were making references to it. And then finally, like people, oh, the news or something finally showed the commercial. And then that's where we caught on to the, like what was going on with it. Wow. And it's still what? I think the shrimp and the barbie was done in like the 80, 88 or something. So okay. it's almost 30 years. In, yeah. Yet right I'm before still, the Simpsons aired. I'll, I'll meet Americans or Canadians and they'll, 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 they'll go to the shrimp on the barbie when they realize I'm Australian. Like, Oh man, they weren't even born when the ads were. On yeah. TV <laughs> yeah. It's crazy <laughs> that that's still like a thing. Cause like, yeah, movies and TV shows will still reference that. And it's like, once I learned that that was not actually a thing, I was like, okay, then why are we still doing that? Like, there's there's dozens other things that we could probably pull from you guys' vernacular uh, to right. to reference Australia, but I guess I guess that's what it's going to be forever. Yeah, it's, yeah, the shrimp and the barbie, and 
like, I would even think that like we have no shrimp. Is that it's not like like a big dish or a famous dish that every Australian <laughs> yeah. barbecue has either. We're like having like steaks and sausages and right. like skewers of other things, but like shrimp. We'll, we'll probably do it, but it's not like every barbecue is yeah, going to have not that. Like the thing. It's weird. not like, you, you know, gumbo in yeah. New Orleans or yeah. something like that, I'm which even that is not a thing that we all eat like every day. Like, you know, sometimes. I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But that's, it. you know, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, like I mentioned at the beginning uh, about how you talking about this episode is kind of like me talking about Streetcar Named March. And there's a lot of things that you were just saying that kind of remind me about how people uh kind of like think of new orleans as like this like super cajun or super southern and it's like we don't have either of those accents like we yeah. are not cajun we're not, i mean there are cajun people who live in new orleans and there are people from the south who live in new orleans but like we don't have southern accents we don't have cajun accents right and so everybody just assumes like well no your, your grandfather's an alligator and it's like no it's it's a city. We have uh, no swamps actually in city limits at all. We have to go yeah. a couple hours out of the way for that. Like, it's just very funny how, and that's it, it's exactly the same reason though. It's it's a byproduct of television and movies being like, well, New Orleans is in Louisiana. It's in the South. It's mm. by the bayous and blah blah blah. It's like so they just created this thing, and then every movie and TV show with right. minor exceptions has been like, well, that's how we're going to portray everyone from new Orleans. And it's like, that's right. uh, a friend of mine. Uh, who's a comic, uh, here, uh, Keegan Connell. He, um, he turned me on to this movie called uh, hard target, uh, hard target with, um, um, Oh my God. Well, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah, John- I've seen that. yeah. So it's a great bad movie. It's very bad, but it takes place in New Orleans, and he plays like a Jean Claude Van Damme playing a Cajun, which just makes no sense at all. <laughs> With and he's a doing mullet, this right? horrible, mullet, right? <laughs> this horrible Cajun accent, and like you're not even in New Orleans, like that. I mean, you're in New Orleans. You're not. That's not how. No, not at all. He's like on Frenchman Street, just like shooting up guys or whatever. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, so I guess it's, it's, we, we kind of have a kinship in that of how like movies and television have portrayed the right. people from where we're from. Uh, and it's very wrong. And <laughs> they did it one yeah. time. They're like, well, nope, this is what we're using every single time. I, I definitely get, um, when, when I guess because also like mom being Fijian, so I, I mm-hmm. didn't have, um, the thick Australian accent to start off with, but people are surprised when they meet and go, I get British a lot. Like people think I'm British because I don't have the, Oh yeah, mate. How's it right, going? Right, yeah. Like my super Australian accent. I just don't have that. And a majority of my friends don't really have that either. It's like, but the depiction of Australians is we all sound like Steve Owen. Right. Yeah. It's just not the case. That's the same thing. Yeah. That's exactly, uh, here. Like I, um, Years ago, I worked at a video game store here, and we had a store in Laurel, Mississippi, so like oh, the South, and uh, they had a Walmart, and that was like their thing. Uh, and one time, I went out there, and they were like, "Are you originally from New Orleans?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm uh, born and raised." And they're like, 
well, you don't have an accent. I was like, yeah, because I'm from New Orleans. Like, it's it's a yeah. port city. We have a mishmash of every single accent. Mm. It's If anything, it's yeah. kind of close to a Brooklyn, New York accent, which probably isn't even a thing anymore either because right. so many people have moved there from other places. Uh, right. and so, yeah, it's just very funny that, like, like I kind of, like, I definitely hear uh, in your voice a little bit of, like, what I assume an Australian accent to be, but I definitely yeah. also hear like a slight little, like, um, more, I guess, yeah, a kind of a British thing. Um, but like, I think that's that's just like everybody there, though. <laughs> that's not like yeah. a thing specific to you, yeah. I it, it, it actually was kind of funny when I took one of my friends from she was from uh Washington State, and mm-hmm. like, uh, we went back home for Christmas and um. I said to her, I said on the on the plane, I'm like, look, I know that you have this idea that we're all gonna like be riding kangaroos home and <laughs> everyone's gonna be stupid. I'm like, that's which not by the, the way, case. that's They're a gonna... great scene in this episode oh, yeah. where uh, when Bart and Homer are running away from the embassy or the the mob of people, yeah, and they yeah. go to climb into the kangaroos pockets, and Bart has the... no idea that they're actually very disgusting in there because it's essentially yeah. a womb. <laughs> yeah now, it's it's a womb on the outside yeah. pretty much and he's like this like, is not um, like cartoons at all <laughs> yeah no that was kind of cool that was one of the things that i i did enjoy that they showed that because you put a kangaroo and someone's in the pouch riding it mm-hmm. and most australians kind of know that that like the pouch is just it reeks it's a horrible foul smell like yeah you don't like not that i go like people put their heads in pouches all the time but like you're near a kangaroo and it reeks you can smell it and yeah. you don't have to even go near it you can so that was one of the things the cool things that uh um one of the only accurate things in here oh yeah i mean i appreciate it, it I, yeah. I felt like it was like also kind of like also helping along the lines of not going like of encouraging like this is australia like no this is actually what's going on mm-hmm. and not this stereotype of like we all ride kangaroos and right they're great and fun but uh yeah no but um yeah um so my friend when we we're going back we we land and i've warned her about it and then the first person we come across is one of the uh luggage people who is a dead ringer for steve owen and he's like, oh, mate, how's it going? Welcome to Australia. And he was com- so Australian. And I just put my hands on my head and I was like, oh, this, of course this would happen. <laughs> like out of the hundreds of people at the airport, the first person is this guy who's right. super Australian. And I, oh, God. <laughs> my friend, she's absolutely crying. She's like, oh, my God, it's so true. It's true. You're all like that. I'm like, oh, no, it's just him. No. <laughs> just this one man. <laughs> One guy, he's like the groundskeeper Willie, I guess. Right, like, right. And he was just super Australian, and I was just hand in my hands going, of course, this would happen. That right. American comes across as super Australian, the first person they meet. <laughs> yeah, it's like but, going to Boston the first time, and the and the first person in the airport is like, yeah, we parked the car in Harvard. Yeah, he's like, no one talks like that. Like no one exactly. is Matt Damon in a movie. Like that's right. not how we actually talk. But this one idiot does. Yeah, yeah. I had to try and explain that, but uh, it, it, it. Yeah, it was, it was pretty funny because she had this idea of what Australia was like, and 
then she gets it confirmed. <laughs> like, oh crap! So, uh, yeah, it, it's a little. But once we got out of there and we went back home, and she could see that we, we Australia, we I'm in like the second biggest city in the state mm-hmm. um, by the beach. There's no kangaroos anywhere near me. We're on a coastal city, like lots of surfing, lots of beaches. Right. There's nothing. There's no desert. There's no plains. There's nothing. It's a coastal city and pretty like pretty big. So it's it's it was kind of going. And I, I took them to Sydney as well to say like, yes, Australia, we are a city. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have a big population, but we are not also in the ice age as well. <laughs> Like, please, like, we are, we are fine. Um, and so, like, I think that was part of, part of a problem with the, uh, the episode because maybe Australians are getting sick and tired of having to fight against that stereotype. And then you have a show in, as insanely popular as The Simpsons basically mm-hmm. set them up and then just say, this is Australia, and then show that to a global audience. And then once again we have to go no that's not our country but then they're like but look this is a popular show that just sent up the country and yeah i mean i feel like because especially like that's a really good point because like people like myself who've you know never been outside of the country never been to australia specifically like if all you have is tv and other media like showing stuff and you just see you keep seeing the same trope consistently Mm. across things you just start to go well that's probably how it is and so i could see how people would be upset uh by the episode because like it's like no you're just you're still bringing out that same stereotype and this is not it and people have never been here they're just gonna think that's actually how it is until you actually Mm. get there and you're like oh wait no it's not and that's a really uh important point too in the sense that we're actually guilty of it as well is because we put up this image of Australia to, to attract people to come mm-hmm. there. Sure. We, we don't show like, Oh look, um, you mean you put any commercial of Australia, it's going to be a kangaroo and sunset jumping across. Right, Ayers right, Rock. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, we, we, we get your tourism ads here and yeah, that's yeah. basically, I mean, I'm sure it's like, uh, the New Orleans tourism stuff is like, you know, people on bourbon street catching Mardi Gras beads, holding a giant, you know, sugary drink and it's like well yeah yeah, that's part of it but that's not what we do Mm. on a you know regular tuesday that's one tuesday of the year right exactly like um and and i think that's part of the thing where we can't complain and that was where we were complaining about at the same time we're sending crocodile dundee over over to America going with another and there's complaining like, Oh, look at how America sees us. Like, well, aren't we doing that ourselves by doing like behaving this way? (laughs) We don't show like Sydney in a, in a like urban Sydney or my town, Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Like we, we put pictures, we show, you know, crocodiles and kangaroos and Mm -hmm. planes Mm -hmm. and airs rock and, so we're putting that image forward to the rest of the world. We can't sit there and complain about this is how we're being looked at. And this is how we're viewed from other countries. Right. Yeah. When that's the image you're deliberately putting out to other countries. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I think I kind of didn't get as offended as many like Australian people because I, one, I knew it was satire. Right. Even right. at a young age, I knew it was just a send up. It wasn't. It was. It wasn't any mean spirited or anything like that. 
um, I thought it was hilarious, like the the flag being like a boot. Yeah, the, the, yeah, and like the the even the parody of Crocodile Dundee with the uh, knifey spoony game, like that's yeah. You, know, you call that a knife? Like no, that's a spoon. He's like, oh, I've seen you played knifey spoony before. Just the phrase knifey spoony is just very funny, and so that whole and just sending up that whole thing, that whole series of movies was just like really fun, and it's like yeah, you know, these were just. Yeah, some gags. I like the, uh, also, (laughs) this was actually a pretty good scene that kind of shows like the ignorance of Americans was when Homer or the whole family gets to the uh, American embassy in Australia. Oh, yeah. And there's the guard standing out there and Homer's (laughs) like, oh, are you one of those British guards that can't react? And he just starts like annoying him and the guy just punches him in the face and he's like, no, I'm a US Marine. We don't tolerate this kind of crap. Like just punches him in the face. And it's like, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, you're on American soil. (laughs) Yeah, I cracked up when they did that. Yeah. He's like, they do that kind of crap, sir. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Oh, it's hilarious. Um, I've seen that a million times and I'd Sarah again for the first time in years and I still cracked up. I know. It's that's just, a, that's the thing love. about the, these classic episodes is that like, they're still funny right now. Like I've seen this one dozens of times, probably didn't even need to rewatch it for this podcast. Right. Uh, just cause like, it's so embedded in my brain. Um, right. but it's so funny to me that like, yeah, like, and that's the thing I've been noticing with doing this contrasting and comparing, uh, mm. new episodes to old episodes is like, man, this new episode wasn't even, you know, necessarily funny this on this first mm. watch, but this one on the 47th watch is still hilarious to me. Oh yeah. I, I will say I laughed more at the, uh, story episode than I did at the, uh, the color yellow one. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, actually it's funny when you said that the knife is spinning, cause that's probably the second most common phrase said to me when they find out I'm a story. <laughs> The strip on the Barbie, and that's not enough. <laughs> that's what we deal with constantly. That's funny. It's like the second, and and obviously Simpsons fans will go knifey spoony before, so I'll right. get that from uh, like Simpsons fans from um, North America or in England. Yeah. And it's like it's the second most common thing said to an Australians, <laughs> which makes sense because Mad Max he doesn't really talk. There's no real memorable lines in Mad Max, so right. It's and then the refer- and then actually uh, when the like crazy mob is chasing Bart and Homer, mm. uh, there's yeah. like they drew in uh, some Mad Max characters in there, and I was like, oh shit, there they are. <laughs> yeah, well, Mad Max is the uh, guy who gives Bart the boot, or is trying to give him the boot in the giant boot. That's Mad Max. Oh from- right. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. even catch that. Yeah, Man. yeah. I, 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 I only. This was the time where I was like, "Oh sh- shit, it's uh, Mad Max." That's right. who it is. I just didn't even res- it didn't resonate because I just remembered the second time with the uh, prime minister doing it. But mm-hmm. the, the first they came, I was like, "Oh, that's Mad Max." That's, yeah, that's what they're doing there. So, and obviously he doesn't talk or anything. So, right. yeah, that's the thing with the uh, with Mad Max. I think that's probably. It, it, I think that's the best de- depiction of Australia um, without it being going re- resulting to stereotypes in the sense that you could have set that movie anywhere else mm-hmm. and it would have been just as good. The fact that it's an Australian movie set in Australia with Australian actors and it's, and a lot of people like really enjoy that movie. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. That's one of the rare cases. Most of the other times Australian movie has to be very, you know, uniquely Australian with Australian characters doing that exaggerated Australian Aussiness. 
And I guess that, I, I, from an Australian's perspective, it becomes a little bit frustrating because it's almost like we're, we're res- like pandering to the lowest common denominator, but going, let's just be super Australian and so Americans will like us. Yeah. And it's like, can we just tell the story without having to resort to being super Aussie? And Mad Max is one of the cases where they didn't have to do that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's mm. just a movie and everyone happens to be Australian. It's not like the whole, yeah. like, oh, we're going to play up all these, you know, stereotypes and tropes. Right. And, and yeah, like, because uh, Crocodile Dundee, Dundee definitely does oh, yeah, it a for lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they definitely play off the whole like fish out of water kind of thing. And it's like, oh, right. I don't know how this works in America. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, yeah. love those movies as a kid. What am I? So I have a bidet uh, attachment on my toilet, and it is uh, I when I first got it, I could not stop saying bidet mate, uh, <laughs> and that was because Comedy Central here uh, they were showing. Uh, Crocodile Dundee, uh, like one summer, like middle of the day when I was out of school, and <laughs> the commercial for it was uh, Croc- Crocodile Dundee, like uh, like pressing the bidet and like it's just like shooting up straight into the air, and the voiceover guy was just like bidet mate, and that has just <laughs> stuck with me. And every time I hear the word bidet, that's all I can think of is Crocodile Dundee flushing a bidet. <laughs> Oh man, I I don't think I've ever thought of that. I never yeah. did it because I thought it was more like a French word. So that's right, why yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't think of bidet, mate. Because um, Japan, they they they're all about bidets. So yeah. um, there's they're just now starting to get uh, popular here because we have like you know the attachment so you can just screw onto your uh, existing toilet, so it's not like a whole separate device. Uh, so they're starting to. You know, kind of. I love mine. I, 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 anytime I use a public restroom, I'm just like, I, I reach to the side for the button, and I'm like, oh wait, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> that that is one of the things living in Japan that is the first thing that I miss when I leave the country for a trip is the they take pride in the uh, public restrooms. Um, oh, like, gosh, I would uh, love, I would love Japan then, just based off of that so, alone. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you can be in the middle of nowhere. With like rice fields anywhere, not a person inside, and the restrooms is pristine. Like they clean it every hour, and I think there's like a respect level not to like denigrate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, it goes back to my. I just remember a trip with our Betsy where uh, we were driving uh, down the coast of Australia because like uh, the town, it's not a really heavily populated country, so to go to any major cities is like a long drive right and so we're doing a drive and uh she had to go to the bathroom and i kind of went well we're <laughs> we're probably like you know 30 miles away from the next one and she's like i really need to go i'm like all right well we'll see if we can get a rest stop and we are actually in the typical australian how you would imagine like middle of nowhere nothing around mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh god and then we find a rest stop and i'm like all right well this will have to do and then she runs in and then she comes out and she's all pale face and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, it wasn't a bathroom, it was a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And I went, what? And she's like, yeah, it was just a bucket in the hole in the ground. I went, oh, wow. Yeah, well, uh, welcome to Australia, I guess. 
<laughs> and the guy from the airport was uh, the yeah, bathroom okay. attendant. <laughs> yeah, he was the attendant. Like, uh, yeah, and she, and she was like shocked. And I went, yeah, well, we are. This is the middle of nowhere, so yeah. I don't think we're gonna have anyone like cleaning these. And yeah, it was just a hole dug in the ground with a bucket. And then oh, it kind of went, yeah, this is this is again, this is a story that you probably would think of, but this is not common. So right. I apologize. Yeah. But like, oh. yeah, they, those things that there are parts of Australia where like, yeah, the stereotype is true, mm-hmm. but, um, for the most part, it's kind of like, uh, this, like the Melbourne is a very cultural, like culturally rich city and they have a lot of interesting, like art and, um, music scenes going on down there. And it's not necessarily anything with Australia. It's like a different multi-ethnic type of thing going on. And that's probably not what a lot of people would imagine with Australia. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, that's that's like the second biggest country uh, city in the country. Mm-hmm. And Sydney has that as well. But when you think of Australia, it's not that multi-ethnic, culturally rich uh, country. It's just Australians with riding kangaroos and dangerous animals. <laughs> Speaking of dangerous animals, um, do you guys have an influx of bullfrogs? Uh, ah, yeah. is yeah, that so the, is that a reference to a thing that actually happened or I was yeah i'm wondering about that if you knew about that i, I didn't think about it till just now i was like I, you know obviously bart brings it and he leaves it in the airport and uh and then it escapes and then uh there's bullfrogs all over the place and uh yeah i actually had never thought about that if that was actually referencing that okay. uh bullfrogs did somehow come to australia and not being native there Okay, yeah. So that is actually a direct historical reference to the cane toad. Okay. It was a, a species introduced because of the uh, locusts were eating all the crops when, like, the early, like, when they were settling the country. Because Australia only was, it was only, like, a bit over 200 years old. So um, when they were settling the country and they were growing, like, crops and things, these insects were eating everything. So they tried to kill it with like different methods, and one of the methods they decided upon was introducing a foreign species, being the cane toad. Okay. The problem with the cane toad is it's poisonous, so it doesn't have any natural predators. They killed all the insects, or they ate a lot of insects, but they couldn't be killed themselves. Nothing was hunting them, so they just multiplied and multiplied and multiplied, and they took over. Like, well, they didn't take over. Like, they run the country, this right. state, but they. <laughs> They're, Your they're, prime minister they're, actually is a cane, cane toad. toad. <laughs> yeah. So they actually, um, a large part of Queensland is just overrun with cane toads because, you know, birds can't, birds die if they try and eat them because mm-hmm. they're so poisonous and they've just been multiplying and there's no real method of uh, eliminating them because now the numbers are so high. So they actually have to, like, get them hunted and there's a way that you have to kill them because if you leave them around they're just going to secrete the poison into other things so you have to it's like a you have to kill them a certain way but again it's just the numbers the sheer numbers is just so high because they didn't realize until too late that what was going on and they went oh crap and they can't introduce something to kill the bullfrog because of the cane toad because nothing it, they're, they're like an apex predator because no one, no, no animal like eats them. 
So yeah, so that's that's like the reference that's, to it. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's actually yeah. another interesting pseudo kinship between Australia and New Orleans uh, is uh, the nutria in New Orleans. They're kind of you know orange tooth, uh, uh, oh, yeah. like creature. Uh, yeah. Those were imported into Louisiana in the fifties because their fur. Uh, was actually worth more than like muskrats and like muskrat fur was like super expensive and then uh, then nutria fur ended up being more expensive and I was like oh well nutria fur so they brought them over from South America and then they just became this like super invasive creature and like started like tearing up our marshlands and stuff like that which is our first defense from hurricanes is our marshes so Right. Uh, yeah. So they've been. So then there was. A, there was actually a long period of time uh, where in Jefferson Parish, uh, which encompasses like mostly Metairie, the sheriff Harry Lee back then uh, instituted this program where he would send his officers late at night in the back of a pickup truck and ride along the drainage canals, and they would just with a shotgun just shoot nutria like left and right, like in urban like neighborhoods, like suburban neighborhoods and stuff like that, just like killing these rodents. Uh, and they're they're big; they're like the size of like a small dog or a cat. People eat the meat, uh, so we, you know, have found a way to deal with them. I guess in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. We, I, I don't think they've found a way quite yet. Yeah. I think that they've, they've been some out. They, they may have some other predators now that will like basically kill them and eat them and die themselves because <laughs> the animals don't know that they're poisonous. So, but yeah, for the most part, they're just kind of a pest that's ruining a lot of the crops down in Queensland. They're not even that good poisonous that can, like, you know, make you trip or something like that if you lick their back or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that... That's that's from a Simpsons episode, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, man, I can't remember what episode, but I remember remember them licking the backs of the toes and their eyes get... Their pupils get super dilated and... Yeah. You know what's really funny is when I listen to podcasts and they do a reference to something and I'm yelling at the... Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I do that. Someone's going to be like, "Uh, it was season uh, eight, episode 12. God, I hope that's the episode. I hope I nailed it just off the top of my head like that. That would be amazing. Season 11, episode 15. Okay. Oh, right. So he goes to... That's right. So he goes to this island and he meets this tribe there and like helps them like build a chapel or something like that and i think i guess there's just toads on that island oh and he starts licking them yeah okay so not a really big plot point just a thing that (laughs) happened in the episode that stuck out in both of our minds that's the thing with the simpsons with like um the brilliance is especially with my friends growing up from like elementary school and stuff is we would we would just throw in Simpsons references all the time, mm-hmm. yeah. like our conversations wherever we were, and like some of that some of our other friends who weren't really into that would just be, like, "What are you guys talking about?" And we're just cracking up, <laughs> and there'll be like a quote, "What's that mean?" Old Donald was like, "It means he gets the results, you stupid cheat." <laughs> and like Batman's a scientist, that? yeah, <laughs> so just like quotes like that, and then we'll just start laughing about it. And anyone who's not watching The Simpsons as as much as we are, right. like, what are you guys talking about? And then they soon soon start to realize like we're just throwing in Simpsons quotes and references or scenes like Homer licking a toad, right? And like, you just for whatever reason just from yeah, sticks like somebody out. mentions licking toads and you're just like, oh, that's like that episode of The Simpsons when he goes to uh, a deserted yeah. island. Like yeah, that's yeah. Oh. Do you have any yeah. uh, any more? 
uh, Bar versus our Australia uh, thoughts or comments? Oh, I have. I have. Um, one of the things I, I actually noticed that this uh, time I watched it recently was when they are uh, when they're on the plane and they land in Australia. Mm-hmm. I don't think you would know, but the uh, song they're playing in the background is uh, "Waltzy Matilda," which is our pseudo national anthem, and they've been trying to get it as our national anthem for years and years and years. It's like a famous Australian song about, like, I guess this uh, Aussie, like, homeless dude, or just, like, he's called a a swagman, and Mm -hmm. he's just, like, a guy, he's just kind of like a guy loner type of thing. And it's just basically, like, about this guy who just sits by a river, and he's just hanging out. And um, the story, it's just basically a story about this dude just hanging out by the river, and, and I think he's trying to get a girl to dance with him. Waltzy Matilda, okay. maybe? Yeah. And you see, I'm um, familiar with the song only from Rod Stewart's uh, version of it, because my mom was a huge oh, wow. Rod Stewart fan uh, when I was growing up. for, uh, And so I just heard that song so much, but only his version. Yeah, it's a, it's a really famous Australian song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really... Um, <laughs> Like, the story of it doesn't really mean anything for Australian people, apart from, why don't you hang out in a river and try and get a, um, <laughs> like, try and get someone to hang out and dance with you. Right. So, like, I don't know how that would, like, rev up a crowd or <laughs> someone playing, like, your sport. And go, yeah, all right, now I'm pumped up. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think it's just, like, a story that is very famous in Australia and a song that's very famous. And so... Yeah, they used that song in the in the music when they landed, which was I, I, I didn't, didn't even notice, notice that. that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and so like when they landed, I was like, "Oh, that's Waltzy Matilda." They mm-hmm. did their own orchestra version of it, and I thought that was a nice little touch, which means that they must have had Australian advisors or something. They kind yeah, of you would have to think so. Yeah, like that. That's something very uniquely Australian that only Australians would know. Like I, I don't know how they would have found it out uh, except for asking australian people you know and yeah now that you mentioned this okay so this is a weird thing that has been in my head for a long time and it does tie back to ron stewart again uh because my mom was such a big rod stewart fan i heard his version of waltzing matilda uh so much in my youth and i remember as a very small child watching uh an episode of uh gumby and friends you, you remember oh, yeah, gumby yeah, yeah. And there's this one scene I remember, I think it was it was probably Pokey or maybe one of the other characters, but there was a kangaroo uh, in this episode, and Pokey made some waltzing Matilda joke, and as oh. a kid, only knowing the song from Rod Stewart, I thought it was weird that they made a Rod Stewart reference in this, but apparently they were trying to make a, because it was a kangaroo, I guess they were making some sort of connection with the Australian thing there, and it that never made sense to me till now. So, like, that's a 30-year-old memory that finally <laughs> kind of makes sense now. <laughs> so That's weird. You. That's interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to have to find that clip at some point because, and send it to you because, like, I don't remember the context at all. I just remember there was a... Um, there was a kangaroo, and I think Pokey was in the pouch of the kangaroo. So, you know, they didn't do it right with that. But I think one of the characters was in the pouch, and as the kangaroo was hopping along, uh, he started singing the chorus to Waltzing Matilda. And, uh, okay. uh, yeah. 
So I just, I didn't get that at all. I had no idea that it was uh, so tied to Australian culture. But now with the kangaroo thing, that makes sense. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I, I I had to like sing the lyrics to myself to try and remember like the story. Because I know the reason, one of the reasons why the Waltz and Matilda is not national anthem is because the dude kills himself. He's, he's <laughs> yeah, probably away not from the, the thing you want to like encourage, uh, you know, patriotism. Yeah. So yeah, it's like once a jolly swagman, uh, I can't buy the, and then Billy so he's by the river. And then, yeah, the waltz scene is actually not, not, not anything to do with a woman. He, he was, he had a, uh, he got a sheep. Okay. A jump buck. So a jump buck is a sheep, a slang term for sheep as far as I know. So I've he captured one of them. Before. And, yeah. We don't use it. We don't call it a yeah. jump bucket. It's this old Australian word. That, okay. But um, yeah, he catches it and he's going to eat it. And then the guy who owns the sheep sees it and says, hey, you can't steal my sheep. And then he calls the police and the police come and go, hey, return the sheep. And he's like, you never catch me alive. And then he jumps into the river and drowns himself. <laughs> oh, wow. So I never really <laughs> paid attention to the lyrics. Uh, holy crap. <laughs> so that's like the story. <laughs> And like, will you come a waltzy Matilda with me? Because a waltzy Matilda is like, I think it's the term for like, just walking around like, yeah. like a, not like a missionary, but you kind of just, um, h- hanging out by yourself type of just, I think like I'm losing the term, I'm losing the word in English and trying to remember it, but it's just like basically just laying about, not doing much and you're just like walking along the road. And so, yeah, that's what the waltzy refers to, but yeah. Like I had to remember the lyrics and realize that yeah, he kills himself at the end. That's what I'm. Oh man, <laughs> that is super depressing. Yeah, because he's basically like the cops are like, "We got you cornered. Nothing you can do." And he's like, "Well, you're not going to catch me." And then jumps into the river. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is wow. You just uh, explained so much about this song that my mom would listen I- to on the way to bringing me to school. So the- actually, you know what? Now that I mention it. I wonder if the Weird Al, Weird Al, Jesus, the <laughs> Rod Stewart version uh, is not a, an actual cover of the real song, but maybe it's same name and references the song or something like that, and is not actually a cover. I'm not really sure. I'm I, I just googled it. Uh, apparently, oh, yeah? the Rod Stewart version uh, was actually originally written by Tom Waits. So oh, it wow. is not based off of the uh, the the song that you were talking about, but so it was a Tom Waits song that Rod Stewart was covering. So I don't it's know. Matilda. Yeah. So okay. song of the same name, uh, but is not the same song. Well, um, well, there we go. Man, I have learned so much about Waltzing Matilda <laughs> just now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm going to try and I wish I could like recall more of it it's just basically stuff i remember from elementary school yeah or primary school that you know we so it is the unofficial australian anthem they've been like petitions to change it and stuff and now that you know <laughs> i know the content i can see why right. and also just it's it was basically a story it's nothing really anything to do with the country and as a national anthem i feel like you want to do more than a homeless dude drowns himself because he stole a sheep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, not exactly we move, instilling Australian pride with that. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to move away from we're not all convicts. I know right. the song of 
that's going to help us. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I, but uh, yeah, that was, that was one of the things that I got the, like the, uh, the, the Waltz and Matilda when, when I watched it, I went, Oh wow. They used Waltz and Matilda. And yeah. that's when I was, then I realized that they, obviously that the writing, they did some effort to research yeah, some sort of research. Yeah. It's not like they're just setting up the country. There is some, it, I guess it it really comes down to like the whole thing with the Apu that's mm-hmm. blown up and everything. I mean, I watched that documentary and whatnot, I still have but, not watched it yet, and yeah. I, I want to uh, yeah. because I'm I'm very I'm very interested in in the whole thing of that because um, like I I you know I'm obviously as a uh, white American born guy uh, I don't have that you know, uh, the same experience and things. So it doesn't affect me the same way, but I definitely understand like looking at him like, no, I kind of see, I kind of see why you would, uh, why you would not be super on board with this at all. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting because being a non-white, I guess, mm-hmm. um, I, I've always felt like the Simpsons have respected every like, uh, group that they send up. There is, I think they use Homer as a tool yeah, to show yeah. our own like sensibilities and how we treat mm-hmm. these other different ethnic groups, whether it be, or not even ethnic, whether it be like homosexuals or you know Indians or like feminists and mm-hmm. stuff. And they use Homer as a way of saying, "Look at how narrow-minded we are." Right? Yeah, like he's like the stereotypical American with these, you know, opinions, and then they're like, "Hey, uh, see how Homer's wrong? You're wrong too." Yeah, and and that's what I've always felt with like because as someone of like color, I I never felt like a poo was being racially treated racially insensitive, and they were just making fun of it. Yes, they were. There were bits of a poo where he's like he does some. Uh, in Hindi like music and dancing, I mean he's a good family man. He he works volunteers for the firefighters. Mm-hmm. He's a caring person. He's always helping others. Yeah. Um, as a character, he's probably one of the more apart from the <laughs> like the food things with Homer. He's one of the more kind-hearted characters that yeah. they have on the show, and and one of the more intelligent ones as well, too. Right? Yeah, because he has like like four PhDs. Yeah, or exactly. Yeah, it was like computer science or something like that. And yeah, and so like I find that saying that the show is using him to make fun of him, I just don't see it that way. I have a hard time going like. There are jokes, and again, like Homer will say something stupid or racist about it, but then he gets shot down. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. There's. Um, uh, I discussed this in uh, the uh, episode of this podcast where we talk about Homer the heretic, where Homer, right. you know, he he doesn't want to go to church anymore, and like all these people that he shit on all this time, like Ned Flanders and Apu, and yeah. uh, you know, um, and so many other people. I can't remember who else, but like the volunteer fire department comes in, like saves him. Uh, right. and it's all the people that he shit on all the time. And so many of them, uh, different are different religions and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it, it, they're kind of shown, they're like, Hey, look, all these people, they're just good, kind hearted people. Homer's the asshole. 
He's yeah. the asshole, and we're using him as a tool to show that, like, no, 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 he's wrong. These people are just good, normal people, and they're willing right. to help somebody even when that person is a real piece of shit to them, you know? You can see on shows like, you know, uh, Fresh Off the Boat or Blackish. Yeah. And, and see, like, this is what a different side of, like, a family, things that you've never really thought about mm-hmm. is what they actually have to deal with. Yeah, that's um, one of the things. I mean, Blackish is is really great about, like, uh, I mean, and, like, they, you know, shows uh, uh, before uh, that preceded kind of, dis- you know, Fresh Prince and Family Matters, also mm-hmm. Cosby Show. Those are shows right. that uh, come to mind of like, well, <laughs> Cosby Show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you yeah, know, uh, definitely. Uh, yes, uh, can't watch those reruns now, but uh, but you know, shows that actually tackled the issues that uh, you know uh, Black Americans actually dealt with on a regular basis, and like, I mean, the yeah. things that are very much in the discourse today in America. Uh, you know, like, you know, just interactions with police officers, you know, off the top of my head, I remember an episode of uh, Family Matters uh, that dealt with uh, Eddie, the oldest son, like getting pulled over by the cops and, you know, he didn't understand why and all this. And Carl, who is a cop, is explaining yeah. to him just how cops are. And he's a, a, a black cop. And so, um, you know, it's, it's seeing shows like that, like and and Blackish is is really good about doing tackling those tough issues, but also like still being a very funny show. But like, hey, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the shit that's actually happening right now, and uh, even though this is still technically a sitcom, and I, I and I appreciate shows that actually do uh, do that, and you know talk about things with uh, you know and. You know whether it's heavy-handed or not, depending on how you look at it. But like, just the well, idea that like you could be funny, but also talk about real shit. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you you can you can come come with it from a uh, comedic point, but and that's the I feel like the genius of The Simpsons is mm-hmm. there is always, and that's always my argument to my parents who would hate the show. And I'm like, but there's always a message in that, right? Like. It starts off being this buffoonery of Homer, but at the end there is something they're trying to say or they're commenting on, mm-hmm. and I, I and maybe that's part of the thing that they've lost in these later seasons. Perhaps, I agree with because, that. Yeah, yeah. The heart has kind of gone away, and they're just more yeah, about joke, joke, like, joke, 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 and not joke, like buffoonery. Homer's an idiot type mm-hmm. of deal. Yeah. Um, but like, because my um my uh, grandma. Um, before she got her Alzheimer's, she was like the only one of my like uh, family that who was an adult who actually liked watching The Simpsons. Like my granddad hated it, my parents hated it, mm-hmm. but she was she was like, I, "There's a message here." I've always and she would watch it, like um, before she uh, she got her Alzheimer's, she she would watch it and she liked the show. And she's in her she was in her like sixties, yeah, and she she got all the references and she could understand where the show was coming from. And that was like something that maybe people missed with the, with the, they'd see the Homer doing something stupid. Yeah. This is just a stupid show. Right. And not waiting for the overall context or seeing where that ends up going in the end of the 22 minutes or whatever the episode is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really insane too, that they were able to do all this and then at the end still have a message about something. And like, even if the plot didn't wrap up in a neat little bow, they had they 
you know, they solved something, you know? Mm. Yeah. And, and it was really like, I think that was a, a really uh, strong appeal for me was the show was able to have something that was most of the time it was in the news or a, like a, uh, um, something that was currently happening, happening and they were, they were taking a, uh, like a position on it. Mm-hmm. Like the show take a position on it, and um, going back to <laughs> we went some detours, but going back to the Australia episode where like um, the show is sending up Australia, but in the end they're basically commenting on like if you do the, if you do something, you have to own it, right? Right, and also American ignorance too is like yeah. kind of a thing that they're really like kind of poking fun of there by using these Australian stereotypes and like all that kind of stuff. Like they're showing that like no, actually we're the dumb ones here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um, um, I think one of my one of my favorite jokes, which I still use to to this day, is uh, Marge gives that speech, and this is a this is I guess the Simpsons had become self aware at this point. Mm-hmm. So they, they play the heartstrings music, and Marge goes, right. "You know, you can do all these things, but nothing will will like be more powerful than the discipline of a loving mother." <laughs> and then, and then, then, then she goes, "Oh, they want to talk to you because like, she's talking to the like, Australian mm, government." We agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll never she'll take never the take the foot again. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Before we move on to the uh, the next episode, uh, I want to take like a quick break so I can you go use the restroom, uh, and then we can uh, pick up on the color. Yeah. Alrighty then, Oakley Doakley. (laughs) All right, so let's let's tackle this new episode. uh, Right. Since we are on completely different time zones right now. Yeah, you're, you're like 5 a.m. So. Uh, three seventeen right now. Three seventeen, which is not too bad. I'm uh, so often I'm awake till four o'clock in the morning, uh, so it's completely fine. Uh, yeah, I, think I, I, I slept pretty late today. Anyway. So. Yeah, the Australian episode. I don't think that was mostly everything I can think of. Yeah, basically just a Foster's thing. Uh, oh, uh, here's a here's a question. Um, which direction does the water flow in your toilet? I have to know. Is in Australia? Yeah, in Australia. Is it is it clockwise? I think it is. Okay. I'm, I, I've I always wanted to know, is. and this is a free phone call, so it's not going to cost me $900 a reduce to ask you this question. <laughs> or or, uh, or a boot kicking. I can do it in Japan. I can tell you in Japan. Ooh, yeah. That'd be interesting. I want to know... Cause uh, right, yeah, same hemisphere. Well, Japan is uh, counter. I mean, uh, not counter. It's uh, clockwise. It's clockwise. Okay. Yeah. So that's clockwise. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right. Well, there we go. Definitively, listeners to the Blurs of Times, uh, the toilet does flow in the opposite direction in the southern hemisphere. The Simpsons did the research. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Australia. I can't really remember. I. I it's been. A while since we used a bathroom in Australia and then made note of it. <laughs> yeah. Because there was a bucket in the ground the last time. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Betsy. She uh, was so pale. She was so pale. Thought someone had died in there. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so the new episode that uh, the 
episode selector 3000 yeah. or whatever I'm going to call it, uh, uh, gave to you is the color yellow, uh, which is right. from season 21, episode 13, uh, which is season 21. That would have been, uh, oh goodness, nine years ago. So let's say 2010, roughly, probably when it came out. That's that right. Yeah. Yeah. 2010. This was, like once uh, I, yeah. Once I left Australia, I mean, and moved here, like the Simpsons are a thing in this, in Japan, but they're not like popular really. Right. Um, and so that was basically my way. I, that's pretty much why I stopped watching was because of I was going to ask like when you yeah. kind of fell off from watching regularly or semi-regularly. I, I definitely felt the last couple of years and I was busy because it was my last couple of years of college and uni and working my life out and things that like the focus of like making sure I was home to watch a new episode of Simpsons kind of started waning a bit because I don't think I was being as entertained Mm-hmm. by the newer episodes um and that just carried over to when i got to japan and there was just no access to it and youtube wasn't a thing because in 2005 right youtube wasn't a thing <laughs> yeah so, the iphone wasn't even a thing then so yeah yeah so it was it was harder to watch it and funnily enough i think that was the attitude of a lot of my friends back home because they also kind of stopped watching it um uh, I, I, I grapple with it now and, and even recently because of like you, you started this podcast I'm, like, I'm going to try and get back into it mm-hmm. and just do random episodes and, and try and see if I can watch a newer one and see if I and it, it, it's something just it does not connect with me like it used to yeah I agree like it, it just like it just feels different and it's a hard thing to like super explain like i mean i know like i could definitely get into specifics about every episode and be like this one is i don't like this because of this but there is just like all of them have this like the vibe is different i don't know yeah like there's no real way to explain it it just feels different why like like it's a different show almost you know yeah yeah it it it, like re-watching this newer one I um I was already taken back by the first opening couch gag where Homer's mm-hmm. drowning in the pool. And I'm like, oh, jeez, yeah. it's dark. Yeah. Like, he's drowned. He's, like, dead in floating in the pool. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's... <sighs> like, stuff like that. Like, I, I get it's supposed to kind of be funny because he can't swim, but, yeah. You just, yeah, I you I, know, I, I saw that Homer in the couch gag and he was, like, lagging behind the rest of the family swimming towards the couch. And so him lagging behind, I thought like it was just going to be a thing where like he's, you know, lifts his head up out of the water and is like breathing real heavy and out of breath because, you know, oh, he's fat and lazy. He's not going to be able to swim. But yeah, then he's just like floating face down in the water like a dead body. I was like, whoa, did not expect you to go there. (laughs) Right. It just is a little bit jarring because Mm -hmm. this is a cartoon comedy show and the first 30 seconds is like someone floating around right. in the pool. I'm like, and obviously there's like lots of things that happens to the Simpsons and, you know, people explode and, and yeah. Homer gets, and then like the treehouse episodes get like pretty yeah. gruesome and dark. Yeah. Yeah. And like, like there's, there's dark themes, but I mean, that's, you're walking into that knowing that the treehouse episode right. would be a horror type of thing, which actually the treehouse has never really been my favorite. Cause I'm not a huge horror fan anyway. Mm hmm. But, like, you know you, what you're getting into with those episodes, but, like, this one's just being a random thing, and, like, all right, we're opening with Homer Drowned. Okay. Yeah. 
like yeah. what was you know before the you know the the other couch gags would be like silly ones where like you know Homer Homer falling out of the air and like they're they're parachuting down. Yeah, or there's a whole, like, like, you know, dance team or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, cute and, like, like a joke somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, like, all right, he drowned. Okay, ha, ha, ha. Here you go. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and, like, that's that's the first thing. And that's, like, it. that type of stuff just reminds me, like, why I kind of moved away because – and I was like, I don't really want to have that straight up, like the first thing. When I- yeah, and, and also like it's kind of interesting that this couch gag was the one for this episode because this episode dealt with some pretty heavy material, uh, right? Talking yeah, about slavery. American slavery yeah. and that, yeah. and like that, like you're already going to be doing an episode about you know the family owning slaves and things like that, and you know, and Black History Month and some, you know, sensitive and, and, and tough subjects to discuss, uh, which I commend them for discussing, but to open the episode with Homer dying in a pool uh, in the couch gag, and then they're like, okay, well, you just saw that? Well, guess what? We're going to talk about slavery now. It's like, I guess, surprising or unexpected, I guess. Unexpected is a good way to describe. Because when I saw the episode... Uh, and especially because, I mean, The Simpsons, you know, that's how they work with the, you know, the opening, the first, like, you know, five minutes of the episode are uh, just a uh, a way in uh, to the overall plot. And it doesn't have anything to do with it. And it's, I mean, the idea that we go from Willie trying to remove a tree stump at the school to the family right. being connected to slavery is like, I mean, yeah. that that leap right there is just insane. And that's one of my favorite things about the Simpsons is those weigh-ins. It's like, so you were like, we want to talk about this. We want to talk about the Simpson family being connected Mm -hmm. to slavery. How do we do that? Their family tree. Well, how do we get to their family tree? Well, Willie's removing a tree stump outside of the school and Ms. Hoover is lazy and just sees the tree stump on Skinner's car. And it's like, well, here we go. This is how we get into slavery, which is just, I mean, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant way in, but, uh, yeah. Oh man. I felt like it would have been, again, we're, we're, we're crappy on the later seasons, but I felt like they would have been a more creative way of doing that. Yeah. And I felt like this was a little bit too simplistic in the way that it's like, Oh, cause she only just like, Oh, what are we going to do today? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, it felt like you were in the writer's room. Then he's like, what are we going to talk about? And then someone just throws a dartboard and went, all right, slavery. Yeah. It's like, okay. Like I was like, ah, okay. Yeah. It's like, really Oh, we're going to talk about family trees. And like, you know, it's, and, uh, I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, well, I, you know, I want my comedies to not say anything. I'm like, no, no, no. You know, like I, like, I think one of the beauties of comedy, be it, you know, movies, television, stand up, whatever, is that you can use humor to, uh, talk about tough subjects. And, uh, and, and I, and I, I, I like that the Simpsons decided to try to tackle this there were definitely a few jokes in it that kind of mm. made me go, Ooh, if you're trying to like do an episode mm. about how slavery was bad, uh, why? Like there was one, like, well, as you know, uh, I'm totally fine spoiling episodes cause that's what we do here. Um, <laughs> but like at the end when they find out that, um, through grandpa, uh, that, uh, uh, that they actually, 
were not harboring slaves. They were actually trying to free them. And then turns out uh, their like great, 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 great grandmother or whatever uh, actually like ran off with the slave and married him. And so Grandpa Simpson is a direct descendant of a slave. And so, and then they're like, and so Lisa's like, oh, we're one sixteenth black then. And, mm. uh, and Bart's like, that's why I'm so cool. And Lisa's like, that's mm. why my jazz is so smooth. I'm like, whoa, okay, all right. And like, yeah. It's a little, I mean, and then, but then yeah. Homer's like, well, that's why I get paid less than my white coworkers, which yeah. I found that line kind of funny because one, He's just pointing out, you know, the wage inequalities, but also, no, the reason Homer's getting paid less is because he's a really shitty employee. He hasn't been to work most episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So it is kind of funny that, like, he's, like, thinking, like, hey, yeah, I'm I'm getting the raw deal here. It's like, no, you're just a bad employee. That's why you're getting paid less. Which is, you know, again, Homer being used as the tool to point out, like, you know, uh, I mean, there's obviously, uh, you know, uh, some uh, white folks, largely conservative in the in the states that, uh, you know, they're like, well, hey, I get paid less than some of, uh, you know, my other uh, co-workers. And it's like, yeah, that's because maybe you're not good or maybe, hey, maybe you and your non-white employee uh, co-workers should, uh, you know, organize and form a union and then you guys can get paid what you're worth. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I found it, um, that, that Homer line was, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny, but like the jazz thing and why I'm cool. Yeah. And, uh, felt a little bit, it was a little bit pandering. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, and it then, just felt icky a little bit. There's no better yeah, way for me like, to think of it. It was just kind of like, yeah, because uh. like, yeah, like I was like, ah, oh, yeah. And I uh, feel like that's a thing that an older episode of The Simpsons would have done better. Would have been right. when they found out they were one sixteenth black. They would just cut out the Lisa and the Bart joke and just go straight to the Homer joke of that's why I get paid less than my white coworkers. Funnier yeah. punch like you still use yeah. the punchline, cut out the garbage in the middle. That's kind of like ugh, that's kind of not a great joke. Also, like, yeah, it's kind of like look, look at how much we like black people because we think you right. guys are. And it's like well, now you're just basically putting out yeah. more stereotypes. Like you're you're, exactly. you're just falling into those as opposed yeah. to the Homer joke, which is pointing out wage inequalities uh, between races, which, uh, and then, you know, obviously the punchline being that Homer is just a shitty employee and that's why he's getting paid less. But right. uh, if they had just jumped to Homer's line would have been a way funnier joke. And, and yeah. that's like at the, that's like basically the last line of the, of the episode probably yeah, would have they- left me feeling good. After that, right. like, ah, I see what you guys did there. You use this yeah. whole episode just to point out inequalities in race, uh, but right. uh, then they kind of didn't, and that was kind of unfortunate, uh, I think. Yeah, I think the whole having them be descendants of African Americans as mm. well. I, I just, yeah, I which a, I mean, it yeah. kind of like this is a thing that I've been noticing is that the newer episodes kind of like revise the history of the simpsons exactly yeah and it's just like yeah i don't know they're because it's like i feel like it's kind of playing off this like with the whole like ancestry.com and like 23andme yeah. like all those things yeah. the dna testing and like how you know like you know so many white people are being like 
oh, I, uh, <laughs> I'm like one sixteenth or like one thirty second black, and it's like, yeah, that's probably because your family owned slaves at some point, and right. illegitimately, and yeah. I mean, they raped the slaves. Like that's, I mean, that's probably why. And it's like the Simpsons kind of were just like, no, 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 it's because she freed the slave, and then they fell in love. I'm like that. The, not a very common occurrence and so that's but like it's I feel like it's one of those things that's gonna like kind of you know maybe make people think like oh yeah well I have I, I took my Ancestry.com DNA test and I'm like 116th black it's probably because my family freed a slave and it's like no probably not it's probably the opposite yeah. actually like uh, exactly the overarching like there's a lot of the storytelling ability of this episode is still apparent. Like it's a, like the way they told the story, even if the story isn't good, it was done. Well, it was one of those good, like it was a thing that I loved about classic episodes. It was when they would break out of, this is the Simpsons in Springfield. And then they would like have somebody tell a story and then it would be those characters. Like, in the past or something like that, but it's not actually margin Homer, but it's, you know, in this case, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Mabel and Hiram. I like that they did that. And that that's a thing that they, you know, have done from the early days. And I always kind of liked that. Cause it was kind of like a little, you know, like I said, a break from the norm. And, uh, and so I liked that storytelling device. Um, but the story was, it was kind of interesting in the idea that like, you know, Lisa learning where the family came from and blah, blah, blah. But again, that just resets. And because there's a very specific thing, um, after Lisa like finds and like when she thinks the family just owned slaves and not that they actually freed a slave, uh, she goes back to the library to go do some extra research. And she, uh, mentions Colonel Burns, who is, uh, uh, you know, he's the villain in this, and uh, he's a slave owner. And when she says Colonel Burns, Mister Mister Burns pokes his head out of uh, out in yeah. the library, and he's like, Colonel Burns, I haven't heard my father's name in years. Right. But if you go back to those old episodes where like Mister Burns is like a small child, uh, yeah. like especially the one where uh, he takes in Bart. His dad is not a slave owning, you know, colonel in uh in in the south. Like he is a well to do yeah. dude. Uh well, like it's, buy him up his kid. That's how he loses Bobo, right? Right. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, you just completely rewrote Mr. Burns' history, which again is a cartoon, fine, whatever, but I'm like so now you're just shoehorning stuff in and you're not like you're trying to make a point without actually uh, having it, I don't know. It just it changes. And I mean, no, don't get me wrong. The joke is kind of funny because Colonel Burns is in the 1860s. Mister Burns in this episode is in 2010, saying, "Oh, my father." So yeah. they're playing into yeah. the joke that Mister Burns is like ridiculously old, and they never exactly say how old he is. That was yeah. funny, and I know that's why the joke exists. But if you were to take it as canon completely rewrites his past yeah was it is it nitpicky of me to go why is mr burns in a public library <laughs> okay <laughs> i thought that too i was, I was like, gonna like, say like, something and i was like nah, i don't want to be that asshole but yes i'm glad you wrote it up he would yeah. not be in the library at all he has his own hospital in his house like why would he yeah. no 
Yeah, why is he there? Like, that was the first thing. And then it just felt like that's where it, it just felt like lazy writing. Mm-hmm. Because I, like, I love when I love when secondary yeah. characters just pop in for like one joke. But yeah. if like, I don't know, if like yeah. Martin yeah. Prince was in the library, that would make sense. But Mr. Burns in the library, it just it, it just felt overly forced. Yeah, like it's like, oh, he can I can progress the story because you know, I have my my dad or this character is mm-hmm. connected. So I'm just going to pop in right now. Yeah. And, and, and like, I know it's a cartoon and, you know, it's not a real sure, place. Yeah. And yeah I mean, and they're all, you know, it's uh, 30 years into the show and, and Bart is still 10 years old. I yeah. get that, like, time is not really finite in the Simpsons universe, but there's some things that are, you know, we've established that's who they are. And so that's why the show is what it is. I was going to ask you about what you think about the fact that the show doesn't age. Like, they have those future episodes and stuff. So like, it, it's been so long. I've I, always, my feeling yeah. is whatever season they decide to have be the last season, like if Fox is like, no, no more Simpsons, or yeah. the writers, or you know, Matt Groening is like, I'm done, this is too old. Let's say season 35. If season 35 is the last season, I would love to have them just like, age like in that you know just be 20 episodes yeah yeah or even just a couple years older you know like that would be fun just make it a little bit older and just doing the whole last season as you know 35 years older than they started out to be i think that'd be really interesting you know homer a whole season of homer being uh see he's 38 uh so what is that 73 uh, right, Grandpa Simpson probably dead. Uh, so you know, there's those things. I don't know. That would be interesting. I I I would like to see that, but I, I I'm happy with it because I feel like, generally speaking, a show's quality usually declines. Even though The Simpsons declines, it's pretty like <laughs> as as the, as the show gets older, the stories that like the characters are older, like for live action at least. Mm-hmm. And it, and and the, that's true. Yeah. The, yeah, the issues they deal with and also just being a comedy show it's harder to age and still maintain like the comedy because you at some point you have to go are you going to grow up are you going to be like mature or mm-hmm. is it just going to be a jokey show and so I feel like the quality of like a show as it gets older it declines anyway you as know, the characters go out of, like that period that point of view is very astute. I've never thought about that. That's probably why The Simpsons are still on the air 30 years after. Because right. if you look at every other sitcom, the children age every single time. The adults age. Everybody ages because that's how time works. And yeah. then when you have to deal with, oh, this isn't just a cute little kid. Now that cute little kid is in puberty. And now that cute little kid is going to college. And it's like, we got to change the entire right. idea of this show, whereas the Simpsons don't have that problem. Yeah. I've never thought about that before. That's probably exactly why they're still on the air 30, almost yeah. 31 years after the fact. Cause they can have a character tackle an issue, but they mm-hmm. can like, they can almost pick and choose which character has to go through that. So for like Selma wanting to get married, obviously you can't mm-hmm. have the Simpsons characters do it. So you can have a character and so it can make the story 
you can link it to the story a bit more clearly because yeah. that age is a character that something that character that age would be dealing with. Whereas if you had it on like a sitcom, yeah, then like Lisa would end up going through it or something like that. And it's like, I just for her character, it doesn't make sense. But like, yeah, like someone is like, nope, you can just do that. And then, you know, because they've, uh, you know, they've dropped hints uh, to uh, uh, Selma being a lesbian uh, or, or Patty, whichever one. I can never goddamn remember. We watched Treehouse of Horror 3, so season four. Um, right. There's one moment where Homer runs through the kitchen nude, and yeah, uh, I, and and she says, "Oh man, that just uh, got rid of the last shred of heterosexuality I had in me." And it's like, "Oh, they referenced her being a lesbian in season four. So when yeah. they actually had her come out, like you know, much later, I forget which season it is. So it's like they've been dropping hints about this for a long time, um, and I think they're." I think, uh, uh, yeah. So it's it, it's like they were able to use that with that. Whereas, like, if if it was a live action thing, they probably would have used Lisa. And it's like, well, Lisa wasn't really Lisa. Was like every episode that she's like most of Lisa episodes, she's focused on a boy, uh, and so like mm-hmm. that would you know have been a big. It, it would have taken a lot of you know. Um, a lot of writing to really make that make sense because she's very boy crazy. And so, yeah, I, I think you're right. Like that's the thing with like this being an animated series, they were able to just like, Nope, here's our thing. We don't have to do mm-hmm. this and nobody's aging. So yeah, Lisa's still. You keep it, yeah. Yeah. And you can have issues that an eight year old will deal with. And Bart being 10, mm-hmm. he can deal with. And so, um, Joke like there are some jokes in this episode which I giggled at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, don't I, think agree. There any, I don't think there was a lot of laugh out humor, but again, the topic is hard to really do a lot of jokes about slavery. Mm-hmm. Which, like, yeah, so like if I were to grade this episode, I would take that into consideration of like, okay, it wasn't super funny, but they're talking about slavery, so it can't be super funny, like. There should it's, still be jokes because it's, it's a comedy, but like, yeah, there's, you know, topic but, is, but I think that's the problem is that a couple of the jokes that like were standing out as actually being jokes uh, were kind of inappropriate for the episode based off of the uh, yeah the subject matter. I'm like, no, you you should have jokes and 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 uh, mm. you know comedic moments here, but I mean like. Um, there's a moment where Marge and Lisa are like, let's go to the library and, and uh, learn more. And Homer looks over at Bart and he's like, the library? Marriage. Bart, can you believe we're married to those two nerds? And that's just <laughs> so funny. The, and then Bart yeah. just laughs like, Haha, yeah, yeah, and those nerds. And it's like, you're not married to your sister. That was a funny <laughs> little joke. I, that was fun. Yeah. Um, oh, there was one line in this episode that did tie the two episodes Bart versus Australia and color yellow together was uh when Lisa found the diary of Eliza Simpson grandpa says our ancestors were kicked out of Australia Australia. (laughs) yeah I actually made a note of that myself I went oh god then I was wondering if you actually knew that ahead of time I did not no sometimes Uh, it just works out that way (laughs) 
I was like, oh my god, what's the odds of having an Australian yeah. joke in this episode? How many Simpsons episodes have you managed to get an Australian one in there? Now, um, now it makes me wonder how many Australian jokes they make throughout the history of the Simpsons that you could probably land on one at any point. Yeah, I, I know, I know that I've seen references here and there to something in Australia. Usually it involves the evil koala. Mm-hmm. Have that yeah, co- yeah. He pops up now and then, and he's a bit evil. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of was like, I went, "Oh, you're a genius!" Somehow you knew there was a straight. <laughs> no, purely <laughs> random. I it's it's one hundred percent a random number generator that I figure out the uh, the episode that we're gonna watch. So I, I just happened one of the that jokes, way. Yeah, one of the jokes that did definitely hit with me, and I definitely went, I appreciate that was the because uh, I was doing Black History Month again, mm-hmm. like. It's a topic. It's, it's hard to be a really laugh out loud comedy when you're talking about Black History right. Month because most of Black History Month is all these terrible things that people did to like like African Americans yeah. and and the people who fought against that and celebrating those who did not like mm-hmm. let that happen. So yeah, it's going to be hard to make comedy out of that. But um, the the Obama joke, which was funny because yeah. it was like, all right, and like like. 20 of the kids were all Obamas mm-hmm. and they're doing them. Yeah, like Nelson Muntz even. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I like, like hurry up. They were not hurry. wearing blackface. It was just like, hey, you can be, uh, you can wear a costume that is not your race and not do blackface. It's totally possible. Like, and, you and, know and you you're Obama. Yeah. yeah, and they all, they were like doing Obama quotes mm-hmm. and yeah. gestures. And, and that was, I, I thought I appreciated that. Yeah. That was a kind of a witty little aside because he was like saying because like at that time obama would have been insanely popular too. oh yeah 2010 yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that was so that, halfway into his yeah. first term and so the joke we you know being like all right hurry up because we got like you know someone's doing jesse jackson or um jackie robinson because, yes jackie robinson <laughs> um and then he's like yeah we got like three we gotta do another jackie robinson and then he's like then we got 30 obamas yeah <laughs> yeah every- I, I was, I, was I thought it was really funny because yeah, I imagine like everyone is celebrating. Yeah, Obama two right years now. into the first black president's presidency, yeah, and it's Black History Month. Like, yeah, all the kids are going to be like, "Well, I know this one. I don't know yeah. anything." And I guess that's kind of the joke they're making is that like, yeah, most kids probably would not know anybody deep into black history, but they'll know the black president that is that yeah. just got elected two years ago. Right, and then, and then they, they they make fun of like his mannerisms and stuff without mm-hmm. it being, again, resorting to like blackface or anything right. like stereotype. Like him doing it's like his cadence and his mm-hmm. like speech patterns and things that he does. That and and again, you, like you said, you knew that was Obama. Right, you have to go. What are they doing here? Mm-hmm. And so that was that was one of the things that I I liked appreciated out of that, but. Um, yeah, I think that most of the time just, it, it just felt like, uh, it was kind of dark. It was just very serious and mm-hmm. they've treaded this type of territory before. And, sure. Um, I, I, I don't know. It, I don't know if, even if you put it in its heyday and said, try and write it, I don't know if they would have been able to pull it off because I it's agree. Yeah, such I a just... hard topic to and like, especially to. from the perspective of the Simpsons family and like, not like, I don't know. They didn't bring in like 
Dr. Hibbert or Carl or somebody, you know, one of the actual black characters of the show and let them have a moment to shine and like, you know, talk about like it was their family versus, Oh, it's the white savior thing basically of like, yeah, these white people helped out a slave. Isn't this great? And it's like, I mean, yeah, it's great that like, you know, during that time that your family was, you know, some of the people that went, no, this is bad, but like, that's what you should have done. Like it's, you know, you don't need to pat on the back for doing the correct thing. Whereas like showing it from, if they wanted to actually, you know, tell the story, I feel like, uh, from a, a, um, a productive perspective, like use one of the many non-white characters on the show and have them, uh, many of the black characters on the show or actually not many, there's not many, but one of the handful of black characters on the show and give them a full episode. Cause I mean, there are not full on Carl episodes. There's not full yeah. on Dr. Hibbert episodes. Very light for you now. I feel. Yeah. Really I was going to say, uh, we should probably wrap this up now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, if you had to give this new episode a rating, uh, A through F or 1 through 10, whatever, oh, okay. uh, uh, what would you give it? Uh, <laughs> I, I would probably give it like a C plus. Okay. So um, right in the middle, more or less. Yeah. Very average. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, they have some. There are definitely a couple of jokes that land, and I, I find it funny. But like, just the whole introduction, intro of it, the how the how they link the actual main plot into it felt yeah. really shoehorned in. It it didn't flow like normal. The normal earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. It's just the story was just kind of like. What can we do to get to this point of the story? Let's just yep. put this. Yeah, here it is. It's, Here's the thing. We're not even going to pretend we know what we're doing. Yeah, and just the way she she goes, like the, they ask her what what's the episode, uh, what's the lesson about today, and she looks in the book and it's like makes something up, and she just right. looks out the window and goes, oh, family tree, mm-hmm. and it kind of felt like that's kind of oh, how what they, that's what they did. Yeah, it felt kind of like they were just like, oh, what are we gonna do? All right, slavery. Yeah. And and then at the end of the day, I don't even know what they were saying about slavery apart from it's not yeah, good. It, yeah, <laughs> like it was bad, but also, hey, we don't have to feel so bad because our great-great-great-grandmother married a slave, so we're absolved from slavery. It's right, like, no, right. you're not. <laughs> right, right. That, that Was that the point? It's like, look, we thought we were slave owners, but we freed the slaves, and actually we are. Yeah. Like, it's like, like no, that's not that. That's, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's no real message in it other than like, well, if you're a descendant of a slave, then you're okay, you're fine. Right, right, and yeah, it just did not. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, yeah, it's. It, it, I wouldn't say I hated it, and I'd say it's a terrible episode. I just was kind of indifferent and if you ask me to watch it again i would probably take two weeks to finally get around to watching it again (laughs) yeah i completely agree with that 100 yeah yeah if you said hey can you watch the monorail episode i probably would queue it up right now oh absolutely and so i think that's the key difference for me 
these days is like well i'm glad uh, uh i'm glad you rewatched the episode and uh we're able to do this podcast uh no, thanks for having me on yeah the, uh, no thanks so much for doing it this to, uh, is a really great perspective on uh on on that episode and the later episode as well uh and it was great yeah. catching up with you too it's been yeah, dude. quite a while since i've seen you I'm hoping to get back to New Orleans sometime this year. I, I really enjoyed talking about my love of The Simpsons again. I know. This is actually the longest time I've spent recording an episode. So uh, it's been a good, very good, good conversation. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for me to go, hey, people, if you want to hear me ramble on for three hours about The Simpsons. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was a Australian, like, growing up teenager was watching the Simpsons at six yeah. and then going to parties and not talking to girls because you're recalling Simpsons scenes <laughs> yep. and wondering why girls are walking away from you while you're recalling things that Homer said. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was a nice trip down memory lane. Yeah, Except absolutely. Cause it's, yeah, it's one of my favorite ones. So it was nice revisiting. And yeah, why it I a, oh God, it's so good. So, yeah, but uh, thanks for staying up till God knows what hour. Yeah, it's a uh, quarter to five, but uh, <laughs> I slept till like noon today, so I'm fine. Oh, so, God. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, thanks for having me. And Yeah, uh, thanks so much for doing it. And, uh, yeah, sleep well. And good yeah, with the, yeah. The, I'm a crash. Yeah, <laughs> the, the Googling when we can't remember things. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's come full circle for me. All the times I've yelled at the... Uh, Screen guy, no, it's this. Mm-hmm. Brain farted, so yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks, dude, and uh, I'll see you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks I'm again. See you stand up. Yeah, stand up. Be great. Yeah, definitely come to a show. All right, cool. Thanks, Jeff. All right, buddy. Sorry, Mr. Burns.